0: Welcome to another week of the BASE Training Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about exercise and exercise and performance around and training around the menstrual cycle. So this is a very, um, uh, it's a podcast focused around the female life I suppose, is that the does that make sense? Um, and actually I suppose it's, it's quite good because uh, it's recently been uh, National Women's Day as well so um, it's quite important I think that we talk about this Um obviously I, I imagine no no female wants to be mansplained too but we're going to give as much information as we can and uh, if you like it let us know if you don't like it let us know we're open to criticism and how we can talk about this better but it's a topic that needs to be spoken about as it's, as it's not currently uh, being spoken about it's, it's getting there though but, as always, we want to introduce who we are um, and where you can find us. So, Will, why don't you tell us who you are and where you can find us?
1: Um, so, I am Will, as Lee so delightfully explained. Um, I'm on Instagram, coach underscore will underscore Shafi, LinkedIn, uh, just Will Strathy. on Facebook is Will Strathy Health and Fitness Coach. What about you, other
2: person? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Steph. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. You can find me at coach underscore Stefan underscore Winder. You can find me on LinkedIn, Stephen Winder MSC, Facebook, Stefan Winder Strength and Movement Coach, and email Stefan at base.training.
0: Excellent. You can find myself, Mr. Lee Carter at UK on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also email me at Lee at Base.Training. If you want any more information about what we do as a company with the coaches, you can head to www.base.training or email info at base.training. You can also find us on uh, Instagram is where we put most of our content out. So, the menstrual cycle. One of the things that I uh, I thought would be good to mention uh, is, is the fitness or the... The fitness and performance and sporting world is slowly catching up. I think it's the Chelsea football, women's football team, one of the first teams to structure their strength training around the menstrual cycle of their players, um, which I thought was a massive step forward in the right direction because it is a massive... Uh, it's, it's the most important cycle that the female has, isn't it? Um, it's incredibly important. Uh, what we're lucky to have is uh, one of our coaches, Will, has is pretty well read around this, um, so uh, we're going to be leaning on him for a lot of information. <laughs> uh, but it is important. Um, Will, why give us some background around the menstrual cycle?
1: Um, so it's. Before, long before the current day, um, you'd have the scientists and physiologists think that um, the research that they carried out on the males would apply exactly to females. Um, And when they started doing this, they started to realise there were differences. Um, And the only reason for this difference was because they're not the same. And the reason they're not the same is they have this uh, additional biological rhythm uh, the menstrual cycle. Uh, the primary purpose of the menstrual cycle is to prepare, uh, the body for pregnancy. And most of the hormonal changes and physiological changes that happen alongside that are aimed at the goal of uh, one day carrying a baby for nine months and then giving birth to that baby. Um, so the, as Lee said, it's a very important biological rhythm. It's the second most important biological rhythm behind circadian rhythm. Uh, it's preparation for re- uh, reproduction is up there um, and because of all the things that happen for that preparation for reproduction they have affected the thermoregulatory and respiratory system responses uh, when they exercise and just throughout daily life uh, and the constantly changing ste- sex steroid hormones which we would get into but it's uh, very science heavy um, and it will kind of come out when we talk about the exercise portion how when the uh, Hormones change their uh, physiological ability, changes, um, and so does their recovery too. So, yeah,
0: it's probably important to mention that uh, what the female sex hormone is, just for point of reference. Uh... Yes, yeah,
1: so we have um, estrogen and progest- progesterone.
0: Yeah. One of the uh, things, especially around performance. That I thought was quite interesting is that the at elite level, a female's performance is generally slightly lower. But there are certain circumstances where, um, in certain sports, where actually in they're actually quite superior. Uh, ultra endurance running being one of them. Um, I, can't, I remember reading about a a race. I think it was like a thousand mile run or something like across the Andes or something similar. <laughs> where a, uh, a female had like, set the record above a man's by like four hours or something silly. And uh, it's, it, it is crazy how those, those differences are there, um, especially something like ultra-endurance running, where you predominantly think that because a male is, again, generally speaking, a little bit stronger, denser bones, that sort of thing, stronger tendons, all that sort of stuff, that they would have a higher performance output.
2: What's your thoughts on that stephen um so yeah that's really interesting I, I wasn't aware of that um i suppose because of the i mean i know we're going to get into the particular stages in a second but um, because of process of ovulation and stuff having those higher fat concentrations particularly in the abdomen and subcutaneous because obviously it's preparing for potentially feeding a baby um, those fat stores we know is used in beta oxidation which is at very very low intensity used to produce high amounts of atp our uh, energy currency for producing energy so when i think about the science of it actually that doesn't surprise me but it's just not something that i would picture uh, a female deciding to do because it can Pushing yourself at that kind of um, that kind of work rate, doing like an ultra marathon, can result in cessation of the menstrual cycle, um, which can reduce the the chance of getting pregnant. So, yeah, that's super interesting. I wasn't actually aware of that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you actually mentioned the uh, the fat content in the, one of the other sports is cold water swimming, um, and, and a lot of sw- swimming ultra swimmers will know that the higher fat content because it's insulating, the better. The more muscle mass you have, it, you generally tend to struggle. That's why if you stuck a uh, an obese person in a swim, a cold bit of cold water, and put a bodybuilder in there with an extremely low body fat, the time to hyperthermia is going to be quicker for the person with the low body fat. So um, it's, I think it's, it's important to mention that there are areas of performance where females Having, an, having a having a menstrual cycle um does allow you to perform better which is uh, yeah, quite interesting by- uh, i
1: think we <laughs> you said at the start but i remember when i was writing about this uh, menstrual cycle before and i put in the background that um when we talk about the differences between uh, men and women um like the concept of difference does no way imply an inherent inferiority or superiority between the genders. Um, Difference is difference. It doesn't mean one is better than the other. I'm want sure people to get that before we get reprimanded.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's weird how we just try and make it so black and white, isn't it? And so yeah. part it is just it's just different. They're actually, you can't really compare them, even though no. we try hard. Even though we do, we try our hardest to. They are two different biological systems interacting completely independently of each other. So it's, uh...
1: yeah, difference to difference not from
0: one is better than the other yeah, exactly. cool so we talked a little bit about the backgrounds um, and it's actually quite uh, alarming is that again a lot of uh, female clients I've worked with in the past don't know the phases of their menstrual cycle and don't know how important it is uh, to monitor and to keep track of and so I think what well, we do is, is kind of quickly skim over the what the site what the phases are is just a bit of um background so people can understand and follow along with the conversation so will why don't you hit us with the, the cycle the
1: phases um so as your menstrual cycle you have four distinct uh phases uh sometimes they get uh grouped into three uh, but we're going to stick with four so the first phase would be menstruation um which like you would probably have heard termed as your period um, and this is where there's a lack of pregnancy, uh, which causes the thickened lining of the uterus to be removed from the body. Uh, and this is what you'd be experiencing. That's what your uh, flow is. That is your body getting rid of the uh, the uterial lining. And that's why you're experiencing things like abdominal cramps. Um, that's your body purposely trying to get rid of something from your body. Um, then your second phase would be your follicular phase. Um, This is where you you start to secrete follicle stimulating hormone, which prompts the release of uh, uh, follicles which contain the eggs. Um, Then that obviously happens over a course of was it 12 to 13 days. Um, And as the follicles get released, uh, the stimulates the uterus to start to thicken its lining. It's starting to prepare itself that one of these eggs is going to become uh, fertilized and it needs to be able to Im- embed, is embed the right word, to the uterial lining. Um, on day 14, well, day 14, exactly, halfway through the cycle, uh, you've got ovulation, which is where one of these eggs that got released in the follicular phase will become mature um, and become released. And at the same time, it releases, this is quite hard to say, Gonad gonadotrophin releasing hormone uh, which triggers the release of another hormone luteinizing hormone um, the high levels of uh, luteinizing hormone trigger that release of the mature egg um, and that gets funneled towards uh, the uterus hoping again to become fertilized and become a fetus the last phase luteal phase um, follicles that doesn't become an uh, the, the, the egg doesn't become uh, no that's wrong as the egg bursts from its follicle in the uh, ovulation phase it becomes mature the follicle then transforms into what's called the corpus luteum the corpus luteum releases the the progesterone and small amounts of estrogen Um, and as they oh I'm getting confused here so many big words I haven't read in a long time, Lee. <laughs> the, the release of those hormones help maintain that thickened uterine lining, uh, which obviously is still went to become fertilized. And as that doesn't happen, if we have no pregnancy, um, both hormone levels drop, and we start again at menstruation where the uterine lining sheds. Okay, it's oh, confusing. It is, it is
0: confusing. Um, you don't understand why 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 people just ignore it and say, "Yeah, that's not important." Um, it is a it is a confusing world, but like I said, it is it's an extremely important one to remember. Um, and during that phase again, it's important to note that your hormones will be fluctuating. Um, estrogen will be going up, progesterone will be going down, that GNRH that, um, will be uh, increasing and waving. testosterone actually is going to be peaking and troughing as well, so there's going to be phases where you don't feel great, and then there's going to be phases where you feel amazing, um, and you feel super strong, and it's this that we as coaches are mo- what want, need to monitor, because if we're going to give you a high volume and a high intensity phase. We don't want to be doing it in the time where you're feeling like crap and feeling like death like, and just want to eat chocolate all week. It's um, not what we're going to do. Um, we're going to make sure we start our, our training around those fluctuations in hormone. Um Yeah, I
1: think, i oh, sorry, on, the, the, the exact science of exactly what is happening uh, within it, what uh, it, it is important it isn't the most important part of it, especially for us. Um most important thing for us is understanding like the effects that's having on them physiologically and psychologically, yeah. um, which is why, like, the, <laughs> you probably heard the description of it wasn't the most um, fluent, but, like, the understanding of what's happening the other end of it, for us, is a little bit clearer than my explanation of what the exact science is. <laughs> yeah, the,
0: the exact science is important, but in the day, it's their behaviour, isn't it? It's... Yeah. And it's the motor output that we have to control as coaches because that's what we're trying to improve. Um, motor output seems to be one of the guiding, or guiding systems that um, everything everything is leaning toward to support. Um, and this, this has actually guided my approach to treatment of pain as well. Um, because it's, it's the only thing we can observe, right, isn't it? We can't really... On a face-to-face level on a human to human level we can't observe the increases in the hormones on a day-to-day basis unless we're doing blood tests every day and even then it's it's pretty inaccurate all we can do is observe your motor output and your behavior from day to day and your results on a, on a program um, and it's kind of leading us to the exercise and performance part um one of the things that generally is or is is a large goal of many people not just females is in increasing muscular strength or maintaining it at least and increasing your ability to create motor outputs or high quality motor output um, and one of the benefits that has is a reduction in or a, a, a generally a lower level of body fat again that pleases the aesthetic goals of most um especially when we are in a highly aesthetic world it's it's supposed to say your muscle is pretty, um, is estrogen responsive, isn't it? Um, how does that happen, Will?
1: So, I'm um, actually going to get Stefan, uh, De- De- definition Stefan in. Um, <laughs> <like> expenses, that. <laughs> um, the role of myosin in muscular
2: contractions. The role of myosin in muscular contractions interesting okay so uh, myosin is directly affected by estrogen concentration uh so under conditions of produced estrogen levels there is a reduction in the number of actin, active myosin heads bound to actin so essentially uh, if you're a believer in the sliding filament theory uh, actin myosin form cross bridges which essentially pull a muscle uh muscle fibers closer towards each other to generate to generate contractions Um, and myosin is primarily responsible uh, for that so uh, during the uh, phases obviously we have floating levels of um, progesterone and estrogen as we're getting towards the latter phases so the luteal and the ovulation phase that progesterone and that estrogen levels tend to increase so essentially what it's trying to suggest is that are the the presence of those uh, hormones actually increases our ability to form stronger contractions during those latter phases of uh, pregnancy, well, not pregnancy, obviously, but of um, the menstrual cycle. So from day 14 to 28 is potentially where we wanna focus on actually lifting heavier weights and focus on increasing the intensity of activity as opposed to lifting higher volume at lower intensity. That can be saved for the earlier phases when you may not be feeling so hot and when those uh, hormone levels are actually a uh, a lot less available. Does that make sense? Less avail-
0: just less available. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, easy way to sum that up is a reduction in estrogen equals a reduction, reduction in force-generating capability. Um, it's in, it, again, when you come to how to relate that to pain, um, just trying to bring my experience into it, is that your ability to create contract, contractions has a uh, has an impact on how your brain perceives pain. Um you're, you're, you're under the, through the lens of neuroplasticity your brain has this capacity to form new con- connections in your brain that help stimulate muscle contraction and it also has the ability to prune them f- from the system and a, a large pruning session by the brain can with, with, uh, in, or result in a, um, a loss of motor control to an area of the system and be perceived by as a threat to the system and bring out pain so the the old aches and pains that come out that could be part of it which is a interesting connection um how does uh so we talked a little bit about how like skeletal muscle and muscular strength and training so actually when is when's the best time to when did you say the best time is to increase your training around strength i suppose you're trying to get strong Phase. So,
2: like, when you start to transition into that ovulation phase, so from day, approximately day 14 to 18 of the cycle is where you really want to start peaking towards the higher intensity strength work.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to um, see that happen. I've got a client that's uh, preparing for a half marathon and we've been really been focusing her, her training around her mental stuff for the past two or three months now and to hear her feedback of when she feels like crap, is it's, it really correlates to her training. Uh, that her training just dip, takes a massive dive when she doesn't feel great. But then, like, okay, yeah, we're going to lower the volume for this week. And that has this psychological effect because she wants to be doing more. And I understand that's personality type, um, which is important. So we add little bits in there. But when she comes to feeling good again, we know her hormones are raising and uh, uh, force generating capability is increasing we start sticking in um, like heavy lifts and uh, faster high intensity runs her performance just goes through the roof is actually uh, it's quite astonishing and how that's aggregated together to create a position where she feels like her training has been perfect leading up to her half marathon and now she feels like she's in, in a really good mind today and in a really good physiological state and she's got the social support around her to Um, perform at her best or as best as she can at present Um, so it's it's really cool to see that actually happen and see it in practice have you guys had much experience with just observing how the um, training around training properly around the menstrual cycle has has impacted your client
2: yeah 100% Um, I've actually got one client who is extreme like she suffers bad uh, when she's when she's on her period, and she gets really, really demotivated. Um, she has some anxiety and depression. And when she starts, if she's already starting to feel a bit low, um, this is kind of like the tipping point for her. And she just doesn't turn up for two weeks. So obviously had the conversation with her. Like, why do you keep disappearing for two weeks at a time? Obviously, it came out that she just gets really demotivated. And she just hates that she can't do the exercises anymore. So what we've done is, like you said, we've, that individualization is so important and, and taking a person for who they are and not what they want to be. Um, warts and all. Um, so we're just taking everything into consideration and she really wants to improve her strength. Um, like She doesn't want to train for anything else in particular. She's never been to a gym before working with me. So her whole experience with gym training has been with me. And She's, she's now got a good set of, of numbers. She really enjoys... The big three power lifts: so bench press, uh, deadlift, and squatting. She really enjoys those movements. So when she can't do them, she gets really upset about it because she has nothing else that she looks forward to in her in her weekly routine. So what we've started doing, a way that's really helps, uh, kind of it, uh, map out the way on how we're going to do things, is actually using a variation of a Wendler five three one because the brilliant thing about that system is that it builds in a deload week and it's done in four week cycles. Um, and so for her, it's not a perfect month. So she kind of hit, hits around the third week, in which is when you are typically, if you're starting a month fresh, that'll be your your max out high intensity week where you're am wrapping five, three, one. So we just have flipped the order so that she does her max out. Uh, so she starts with a deload week in that week and We've just worked forwards from there. So wherever, wherever she's on, we start that as the deload week, and then we go with the 5, five, five am wrap, then the three-three-three am wrap, and a five-three-one am wrap, so that she's actually peaking just before she then begins her period. And like her strength has just gone so linear because she's still her training age is still so young, so her her progression has been just so linear. It's really really nice to watch and just seeing her mental state improve. It's just been uh, it's been really enjoyable on my end to see how much she's enjoying it now so that's been really cool
0: yeah it's, it's got to be tough hasn't it to um to have such fluctuations in psychology and, uh, and motivation and determination all that sort of stuff on a month-to-month basis and then try and pair that with a goal like you're, mm. you're and the, what's cool is to see that you her, her like you said her training and her results have been pretty linear in their improvement but obviously her uh, cycle is is peaks and troughs throughout and it's, it's a much slower process that makes yeah. sense but you've still managed to make improvements whereas if you're just training hard as you can every week and disregarding your uh cycle and i've seen that i've had clients that especially within the sport or fitness world the crossfit world where it's just train 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 as hard as you possibly can and that menstrual cycle stops and uh That's when we start to see the impact, the negative, the very negative impact. We get we get a performance increase, yes, but we get a very negative increase in just general health. The immune system is dampened; like uh, tend to get sick quite a lot. Uh, Injury risk increases, the risk of osteoporosis increases, all that sort of stuff. And especially the cognitive um, impact that it has later on in life. Um, uh, It can cause early onset of menopause um and we just the, the fitness world especially is is increasing the chances of that happening for more and more women these days because of the push of high intensity fitness and low calorie diets <laughs> we won't go too much into the nutrition but it, there, it is uh, massive, massive, uh, so, like,
1: what what doesn't help is like How many females out there that follow a a regular training program don't actually understand what's going on? And so they've got these specific periods of training that don't, of either strength training or high-intensity conditioning training that don't correlate to their peak physical condition, like natural condition of their menstrual cycle. So they're not going to see the results they want, so they'll probably train harder. And this they could, because they're training harder they can't recover and they're still not in line with their menstrual cycle, so they'll train even harder and they just don't get anywhere. And then they give up, they'll lose the motivation, they'll get injured, or they'll just stop. But like, it's in it's happening in your body. Like, pay attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not just happening for no reason. Like it's it is very it is very important and especially as I imagine a lot of women do want to bear children one day. If you look after it and pay attention to it, it will look after your child. Your body will look after your child when you're giving birth to it. Your child will be healthier, but you have to listen and pay attention to your biological system and it will look after you.
0: Definitely. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, the the athlete triad in a bit, but we talked a bit about muscular strength. Um, How does... Uh, the menstrual cycle impact upon by positively and negatively on like, aerobic capabilities because again running half marathon is popular um, activity and just not getting out of breath <laughs> um, is is pretty crucial to longevity how does how does it uh, how does it impact
1: um so progesterone uh, the hormone that is uh, greater during the, the last phase of your cycle, um, causes a sodium deficiency. No, pre- no, I've read that the wrong way around. A progesterone deficiency, so from the first uh, two and a half, three phases of the cycle, um, causes uh, increase in sodium reabsorption in the kidney. Um, so effectively increasing your body weight um, by... Uh, retaining the amount of water you have uh, in your body. And because your body weight or well, body mass goes up, uh, your tidal volume comes down, which means your respiratory and heart rate go up. And because they're up naturally, your, your natural work capacity comes down. So in short, from days that one to 20 or so in your cycle, your aerobic capacity has actually decreased theoretically based on the assumption that progesterone has this effect on body mass. Um, however, there's been science done that has found no difference in, um, this is in highly trained athletes and it's like you can't take this with a pinch of salt for you recreational athletes and everyday um, office workers. Um, there's been no difference found in the velocity to VO2 max across the cycle. So that's the speed, uh, it's, it's different the speed at which they reach their VO2 max. Yes. Correct. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: there's no difference across that across the cycle in highly trained athletes. Uh, and they are 800 meters and 1500 meter runners. So they're middle distance runners. Um, and there's no, without those fluctuations of hormones, no difference in that uh, velocity to VO2 max. So there's kind of contrasting theories that it does affect it and doesn't affect it. But I think if you're looking at um, a highly trained athlete, their body mass isn't gonna be as affected by uh, water retention as a, an everyday person. Obviously they've got lower body fat and they're gonna be more highly trained. So it's like anything, you have to take it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> but I'd say if you're looking to really increase your aerobic capability, Look onwards from probably day day sixteen to twenty towards the end of the cycle uh, for maximum aerobic effect.
0: Yeah, and the differences between fitness, we talked quite a lot about it, or extensively about it in the podcast. The differences between health and performance, and the, the one of the of the negative slash positive impacts of high performance is that for a female there, there's a high chance of uh, the cessation of the menstrual cycle and that actually I think I think there's a there's a stress response there in that Obviously, see if you're running away from a tiger as a prehistoric female then it's, it's probably not great to have or if you're in a high threat situation for extended periods of time then it's probably not great to be having a menstrual cycle so there'd be a cessation to it that, or in the times of famine um, when food is at short storage or short supply, should I say, then having a, a, a baby probably isn't conducive to your own survival and the baby's survival. Um, and that all increases as you move along the performance curve, the further and further you get t- towards elite sport, the higher chances of that happening. A, a great example of that is um, Paula Radcliffe, who most, most people have heard of her uh, Olympic champion World record-holding marathon runner um, decided that she wanted kids. Had to stop. Had to give up the sport because it wasn't conducive to bearing child. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's it's incredibly important to dis- define between performance and health. If you're if you're training for health, then obviously we're not inferring that every woman who's just training for health wants children. It's not the case. What we're saying is that. Um, again, we're speaking very generally, if health is just a goal, whether kids or not, then uh, maintaining and monitoring your, uh, or training around your menstrual cycle for aerobic performance is conducive to long-term health. It's uh, the end of the day, the, the day you stop breathing is the day you die, and the stronger your cardiorespiratory system is, the better. Um, and again, combine that with your muscular system and you've got a recipe for good long health or long-term health. Um, so we mentioned quite a bit about the negative side on the negative impact of um, the menstrual cycle it's known as the athlete triad Um, a lot of people won't have heard of this um, but it's incredibly common even in people that are uh, training for recreational sport um, like maybe your weekend football player your weekend netball player uh, weekend tennis player, and they want to take it. They're, they're pretty decent level for a recreational cl- uh, athlete. Um, they're not professional, but they they've got a fa- they've got a work life. They've got a bit of a busy social life, but yet training in the gym becomes massively important to them. And uh, and they get and uh, it's, it's generally a client that is very competitive. What other what are the kind of primary causes of the athlete triad and what is it well
1: um so the athlete triad is a vicious cycle she you get stuck in it um and it causes the cessation of the menstrual cycle um uh, generally caused by excessive amounts of activity um we would probably determine that it's excessive amounts of high intensity activity uh, along with a decreased calorie intake so generally we find people that Want aesthetic goals. So they decrease their calorie intake, try and lose body fat, and obviously increase their activity rate. This causes an energy deficiency in general, uh, not enough going in, the amount going out. Um, uh, Once that happens, so you get your cessation of your menstrual cycle, which decreases your body's natural estrogen level, which then causes a loss of bone density and bone strength. Now you're low on energy. Don't have a menstrual cycle, so you don't have your body in rhythm, and uh, now you have, uh, you're starting to lose strength in your bones. Um, well, obviously, you start to lose strength in your bones, and you're still not putting enough food in it, you're still doing too much exercise, probably going to get injured. It can lead to things like stress fractures, um, also lead to things like compulsive behaviour, low self esteem, very self critical, uh, and in extreme cases, has led to uh, depression in people.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a nasty cycle, isn't it? Again, seeing it happen, um, we can all probably bring to mind clients that we've experienced in the past, that, or even in at present. That, um, and even if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, blindly that's me." <laughs> and again, it's especially in the world we're living in now. It's very aesthetic, aesthetically dominated, and on the nutrition side of things, where where a low calorie high energy output argument to body fat loss is currently dominating um again it's another argument against not against but i suppose in light of that argument it's another argument against that it's the only way i can describe it's it it's
1: another tick in the disadvantage box isn't it? yeah
0: exactly <laughs> in that your calorie into calorie out isn't the isn't the, always the story like it isn't always the case and yes that is a Component of a the thermodynamic system, um, but there are extreme negative consequences to the extreme diets that people go on. Um, I just had someone ask me about the uh, intermittent fasting, and again, has long-term be- has been shown to, or the science is starting to come out to state that there is a lot of long-term benefits to it, but um, in someone that is highly competitive already that is highly active and when we're talking about highly active we're not talking about one to two hours a week we're talking like six seven eight nine ten hours plus of high strength high amounts of strength training for consistent and chronic periods of time with no um, attention paid to the the female menstrual cycle Uh, and it's it's yeah it's, it's scary to see because it can lead to things like depression and again once you get stuck in that cycle it is a downward spiral and it's hard to get out of because the only thing that makes you happy is training hard. And the only way you can get happier and happier, we've talked about this before on our happiness podcast, is by going harder and harder and harder, increasing the volume, increasing the intensity, increasing the weight until a point where you just snap. <laughs> Whether that's mentally or you, one, you get stress fractures or you're, um, a, you get a tendon snap or something like that or muscle tear, um, that is the risk that, of it um, so I think it's important that we we pay a fair bit of attention to that have, have you guys seen this happen like what of you your experiences of it been
2: um, yes yeah, so I have seen it happen Um friend quite close to me was in this cycle and at the time my knowledge around it wasn't that great either so I didn't really know how to but to look back on it knowing what I know now it's Basically, just do the opposite of what you're currently doing. Although um, we have to take into account uh, emotions and lifestyle behaviors and the importance <laughs> of that thing to that person. So it's easy to be quite objective with it, but you have, it's case to case, it has to be, it, your approach has to be different person to person. Um, it has but the to be own...
0: what?
2: Individualized.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if we haven't said it already, individualization is key to long term health.
2: Um, So, yeah, just overall guidelines to to go by would be just decreasing the intensity of the workload that you're doing um, so you can actually have a chance to recover from it um, and adapt to the the stimulus rather than just pushing yourself harder and pushing yourself closer to... um, What's the uh, the opposite of vitality? Death. Illness.
0: (laughs) Sickness. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, sickness, all of those things, injury, illness, all of those things. We just move closer towards that if we never truly recover and adapt from something. Um, just and reducing overall training volume as well. So maybe just one less day a week or fifteen minutes less per day. That's all it needs to be. Uh, and increasing food intake and fluid intake as well is also critically important. There, um, often neglected as well. And when people are on higher amounts of food, we have to have enough water and fluid in the system as well in order to absorb and extract those nutrients get them to the necessary places um so reduction in volume reduction in intensity and increase in, in nutrient uptake would be overall advice for someone it feels like they they may be in that athlete triad
0: would you do this gradually or would you just cut someone and go look right we're going to cut your training in half how would you how would you deal with the, per, like the psychological component of that because if you if you take take a toy away from someone, they want it
2: more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always found that if you tell someone not to do something, they do the opposite. <laughs> so yeah, it has to be a slow and gradual process. And it's my favorite way of doing it is creating a framework to restructure their way of thinking. So kind of it's almost like a re a reset button. You reset goals, and you're like, okay, what's important to you? How much do you value that on a scale of one to ten? so determining why it's important to them okay do you think there's an alternative way that we could train for that thing or is it just this way that we can do it oh yeah we could probably do it this way cool do you think that might be more suitable given the state of your body and given the fact that you're getting injured constantly yeah it might be a better idea so it's having conversations and again it's case-to-case basis depending on personality types and emotional behaviors and things like that and also um, lifestyle factors what they can what, what they have going on in their life that can maybe detract from their training. So you have to look at the whole picture. You can't just look at this one chunk and be like, you have to do this, you have to do that. Because if you become a dictator, like I said, they're just going to want to do the opposite. So it's having the conversation and not necessarily changing their mind, but just getting them to see that there are alternative methods and that you can restructure your way of thinking to actually still get the same results but just do it more safely and effectively but obviously the cost of that is more time and time we don't have very much of so um swings and roundabouts is the way i go by it but if it's truly important to that person they'll sit they'll make the time for it
0: yeah yeah one of the one of the positive outcomes i've seen of rehabbing people out of this uh, this triad is that they report back just feeling, the, the term that is usually, help, I just feel healthier, like there's, there's the common aches and pains that are associated with like really hard training and the the like the lack of energy and the fluctuations in behaviour and all that sort of thing, I, they just decrease and a lot of the time they just, they, they get to a very minimal level and the, the, the feedback is, I just feel healthier and as a as a coach, that's kind of our goal, um, is to help someone feel healthier, uh, and whether they're healthy in society's eyes is a different question. But if they feel healthier, again, it builds momentum in motivation and determination, and we start getting back into that positive training cycle. And that's done by it is done by really following, again, from the female perspective, paying attention, a strong attention to your uh, menstrual cycle in this this rhythm that is um it's just part of life um there's not much we can do about it It's, it's necessary to life and there's been we've we're in a time now where stress is high it's constant it's chronic um we're pushed into extreme training methods and like there's just no attention paid to what's going on inside the body really it's very external and it's leading to a lot of problems for Unfortunately, Um, so it's it's important that we talk about this. Uh, I think it's probably a good point time to finish. Um, Will, why don't you sum this up for us? You're usually quite good and and close this up for us.
1: Just wanted to make like another point you said about um, people being stressed and things like. So in today's society, yes, like everyone is highly stressed. So the fact that when you see your stress and you relate it to your menstrual cycle, don't be a moron and add in physical stress on top of it. It's not going to end very well. But if your body is in this case where hormones are low, it's in pain because it's forcing something unwanted out of the body, i.e. menstruation, mood is decreased. Like don't go and thrash yourself in the gym. That's not going to make you feel better. Go for a walk read a book, you know, do some yoga or something, do something nice and calm, relaxing, very low intensity, it's a very low stress, and you'll feel much better, be a moron.
0: Yeah, we've got to understand the the dose response of exercise and how little you need to actually see a change. Um, Yeah. That's the thing that I'm coming across a lot more lately of how little I need to dose someone in, in exercise. To actually see a change and again the, the the common and general perception is that we have to work really really hard we have to smash ourselves and there's a I think there's a social media component to that in terms of these people doing extreme things and that's the only way to live extreme you've got to live extreme be hard uh, <laughs> stay hard was <laughs> the uh, Goggins in it um yeah but there, there, there is a you don't really need that much to change um it's just got to, it's got to be in balance um, yeah finish it up for
1: us will um so like, as you probably understand that it's quite it's very important um and there, there's a lot that goes on during those 28 days well, uh, roughly 28 days of a cycle uh, but if you start to kind of eat and move and train like in accordance to your energy levels which you'll you'll notice a big difference in your energy levels if you actually pay attention to what's going on um you'll find that you'll be able to like thrive um in a way that you probably didn't before um just because you're starting to listen to what's going on in your body um but my advice to any females listen to this would be to to track it you don't have to track it forever um just for like three or four months just to find out like when each phases are roughly, and there's many period tracker you can get uh, on on your phone. Um, you see, it could even just be as simple. There's as noting it down in your diary. When does administration start? When does it finish? You will start to notice a pattern. Every 28 days, that happens, and you can start to plan around it. Uh, listen to some of the, the things you've heard in this podcast. Start to plan your training around it, and you'll start to see a big, big difference in the results you see. Um, inside the gym but most definitely outside of the gym as well your mood and behavior and overall health cool. so track it pay attention to what you've heard and uh, listen to your body and thrive oh,
0: Thrive. Um, perfect hopefully we haven't offended anyone <laughs> if we have i don't care um <laughs> but we give us give us feedback and um, if there's stuff that you've liked on this, on this podcast, uh, let us know. Um, if there's stuff that you want more uh, answers on, and you, there's a bit you want us to dig into, let us know, and we'll um, we'll do the research. We'll put on another podcast. You can do that by dropping us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Um, five stars ideally would be great. <laughs> um, if you do give us anything less than five stars, tell us why,
1: and we can improve. Uh, tell us why and we'll delete the review <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: until then uh, we shall speak to you next time it's been a, it's a tricky topic this but we've, we've uh, tackled it hopefully and yeah until next time we'll, we'll speak to you then peace out